Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And it is a wonderful Wednesday, and it's even more so because I have the mighty, mighty CEO of Never Had It So Good Entertainment, Princess Cooper, joins us this morning, and we've got a lot to talk about as usual, and we probably won't get to all of it, but we're going to try. <laughs> good morning. What's up, Gretchen? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I am, well, first of all, let me start before we get to our, our other heavier topics. Today is the last day that Publix has buy one, get one roses, dozen roses. So, man, if you're listening, you know, even if you haven't done anything wrong, I know it's going to look a little weird, but take advantage of it, get the roses, and women, don't wait for the men to get you your roses. I'm kind of like my mom. Give me my flowers while I'm still here. God rest your soul. Get get yourself some roses. Make you feel better. Yeah, so I want to just pass that along. I love Publix. I love Publix. <laughs> I have a nice relationship with Publix, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm there a little more regularly than I should be or want to, but, mm-hmm. you know. In spite of their support the of Donald Trump, and um, I, I just can't seem to let them go. I have let go Hobby Lobby for that same reason. But, um, I can't. I'm, I can't. I like Hobby Lobby. Um, you can't quit Publix, huh? <laughs> Just can't I quit can't them, quit huh? Publix. I can't, can't quit them. Okay. As a matter, well, yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina, my options are, well, no, there's, there's still Whole Foods, which I love just the atmosphere. I just think it's very, very overpriced. But um, overpriced. my options, oh, very overpriced. My options are yeah. Kroger's, Food Lion, or Publix. And um, I'm, you got to get to I'm, Aldi. Oh, you know what? There's Aldi's here. I've been to Aldi's. I, I don't, I don't particularly care for the atmosphere. I, I, I want like Aldi. Every, yeah, I the Aldi's here. All the I, I, I don't like their someday. atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know my um, husband. He's, he's a public fan too. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're so nice, and I'm like, look, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm usually on a timeline. I'm trying to figure out how many minutes it's gonna take me to get in and out of there. Um, except for maybe Sunday, and still there's a bit of a timeline on Sunday, but I, I relax it a little bit. But no, um, shopping at grocery is, is an experience for me. It's um, Ooh. it's it's an event for me. I, I try not wow. to. I always go and 
and enjoy myself. Now, there are times when, okay, I'm coming from something, okay, let me drop by and get this and let me go. But um, time, if if I was worried about time, I'd never go to Walmart, and which I rarely do. Um, but uh, public, yeah. I use as an experience. Yeah, Walmart, I, I, best for me to go in the morning. Otherwise, yeah, I get a little annoyed. So the earlier, the better. The earlier, the closer mm-hmm. to opening time, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, it's nice and quiet. Um, you know, um, there's not a whole lot of lines, and uh, you know, and that, even though they now have gone more toward the um, self checkout stuff, even mm-hmm. Publix has in some cases. Um, yeah, but, Publix has self checkout. I don't, I don't, I don't patronize self checkout. That's not why I come into any place to purchase. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see that as an as an advantage to me. Um, well, like you for said, sure. you, the grocery shopping thing is an experience for you. For me, it's the clothing, mm-hmm. clothes shopping. That's my experience. It's <laughs> um, I I love the clothes shopping. In fact, it's so much of an experience to me. I I do advanced shopping. I do. I scout. I, I pick my target, um, <laughs> and then I, yeah, and I go back and I when I have more time and you know look and touch and feel and look at labels and and hold the material up to see how sheer it is and you know that <laughs> I'm, I'm into the clothing thing. Um, mm-hmm. The the food shopping thing, I got the public app. I go down the list. I know that every Thursday is the new stuff, and Wednesday is the last day for stuff. I've gone to two publics probably in the last half hour before this show came on trying to find some turtles <laughs> that would buy one and get one. Um, so I'm going to have to go after the show to try to see. I knew I shouldn't, shouldn't have waited, but uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they cleaned out those turtles. Um, yeah, today is, today is Wednesday. Yep. Today is Wednesday. Yep. That might be God's way mm-hmm. of telling me you don't need no doggone turtles. So, um, you know, you know we'll Gretchen, I don't want to get too far off, but you remember those turtles were called, they were sold in a in a can, an aluminum tin can, and they were called mm-hmm. Katie Dids. Do you, do you remember that? And they were fundraisers a lot of times. Do you remember that? Oh, okay. Um, barely, barely. But, yeah, I, I, hear, I recall the name. Um, I guess I wasn't into the turtles that much then, but um, I know that. I mean, basically, I, I like them. I like them, especially since I don't know if they're, those are the ones on sale. But I like since they've gone dark chocolate on them. I'm, I'm, I really like them then. So, but anyway, uh, I, yeah, we got off track. Of course, we did. Um, we're gonna start. Which, which one do you want to start with? Well, I'll follow your lead because I love talking on this show. Well, thank you. I love having you talk on this show. So <laughs> let's go with happy news first. Let's congratulate Serena Williams. Yay. Let's congratulate yeah. Serena Williams for her retirement. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of my husband's girlfriends. Um, she, <laughs> she, she is well-deserving. That girl has put in the work. She's worked very hard not only on the court, but in terms of um, highlighting certain issues regarding women, women's wages. Um, She uh, allowed herself to be exposed when it came to um, maternal issues, when she was having issues having her child. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, basically she's doing what a good mama does. And, you know, she's putting her, her child and her family and herself first now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's one of those things where you can say, uh, well done. You know, she's, she's got, you know, she's just, it's time for her to enter a next phase. And it's not like she and, and Venus haven't laid the groundwork already. They already have another industry that they are, you know, championing, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy for, for her, you know, and, and they were talking about how the ticket sales have gone up since she decided to retire. Yeah. And she said she didn't want to use her word retirement. She said she didn't particularly care for that word, but she wants to be sensitive to those who do. She would call it a winding down or a transition. Um, and they asked why. And she said, because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is getting more clear. And she did this in a press conference after winning a, um, a match uh, two days ago, six three six four. And I don't know what tournament she's in. But um, congratulations to her. This is one um, where I tell my children and I tell those before and after me that I'm glad I got a chance to witness from um, its inception up until this point. And I got to see them as as children, as kids, as teenagers, um, where their Mm -hmm. dad was considered um, a little bit different, if not crazy. And that's what the media tried to portray him as. And, um, you know, and, and he he said several times, if you think Venus is good, wait till you see her younger sister and she comes through. So congratulations to to Serena and Venus for living out their, their lifelong childhood dream and what they were good at. And Serena has really maximized everything, um, 23 Grand Slams. And um, 94 million in earnings over her career, almost 100 million. No other um, female tennis player has had 94 million in earnings over that span of time. She's 40 now. She's a mother now. Um, she's married now to um, a gentleman who is the CEO of Reddit, um, a billionaire. And she has other interests. She's a minority owner in the in the Miami Dolphins. Um, so um, she bought, purchased, you know, stock in a soccer team for her daughter. Her daughter owns a soccer team, a major MLS soccer team. So she has other interests, and she's smart with her time, talent, and money. And congratulations uh, for sure. I've witnessed um, greatness on so many different levels in Serena and in all of her decisions, and look at where she is now. Um, at 40, she has a whole life ahead of her. Yes, she does. I mean, <laughs> you know, for people that mourn turning 30 or, or 40, um, it's it's really just the beginning. It's a start of a whole different phase, and we have to start looking at our lives a little differently. And, and the thing about it is she knows what she's been up against, and she now realizes she has another life that she has to um, uh, be responsible for and knowing the, the challenges that she's faced, she's got to now lay the groundwork for this other magnificent human being so that, you know, they don't, they know kind of what the challenges have been, but they don't have to necessarily face them and, um, you know, laying the groundwork for, you know, another human being, whether it's a tennis star or something else that, that comes along. So, yeah, I'm Yeah, you her. know, I'm happy for it too. I remember 
37, 30, you know, eight, that's when I, I really started to come into my own and understand who I was as a, as a woman, as a wife, as a mom, and um, understand what my mother was trying to teach me and lead me with, you know. So this is a, this is precious timing, precious timing for sure. And congratulations to her. Yes, indeed. Congratulations to her. Um, we need to examine a couple of other things going on in sports. Um, I thought there was an interesting story, and you, you have a little bit more insight to it, but I, there was an interesting story, um, and we're not just dwelling on sports. We're just dwelling on stories, too, but uh, about the uh, – is it the owner or somebody in the lead office of the Miami Dolphins who um, was uh, recently caught up in a situation where he was trying to recruit Tom Brady um, when Tom was still under contract for uh, the Buccaneers. And I heard, but you said you didn't hear, but I heard uh, the the Patriots as well. Mm -hmm. What do you know about this story? And um, is it that this person just got caught? Do you think there there were there are other things that were going on with some others that just haven't been caught yet. And um, why was this such a, a big deal? And, and let's talk about the money involved. Well, let's go back and start with Brian Flores, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And um, he uh, was the head coach as of last year. And um, he, uh, Decided to, after, you know, not being renewed or whatever, and he was then interviewing for other head coaching positions in the NFL. And um, he got a call or a text message from Brian um, or um, Belichick and they said congratulations. And he said, on what? And he says, you got the job. And Coach Belichick at that point thought he had another Brian. Um, and he actually had um, this Brian um, Flores. And so he, they had interviewed for the same job, and the other Brian got it. And so Flores at that point didn't know that the position had been filled, nor did he. So in the end, and all of this comes down to the fact that Flores says that there was racial discrimination in the hiring practice of head coaches in the NFL. And he says, and um, Belichick, Coach Belichick has a lot to do with that. So does the owner of of, of um, the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross. And Stephen Ross, he said in his his complaint in his his suit that he's filed against the NFL, that Stephen Ross tried to get him to tank games. He tried to get him to um, go on um, fishing trips to to Mexico. He offered him a hundred thousand dollars to do so, but he wanted to tank games because if you tank games and you've lost the most games in the NFL, then you're sitting at the number one position when it comes for draft time. And that's really what Stephen Ross was trying to look for and to gain. Um, and he was trying to encourage his coach to do so. Where. Tom Brady comes along in, in is that um, in the middle of trying to tank his team, in the middle of trying to not win games, they only won five last year, in the middle of trying to coerce his coach into going on fishing trips and not coming back till Friday when there was a game on Sunday and offering him $100,000. He was also tampering with Tom Brady 
um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and trying to say, hey, I know the end is near in your career. Would you like to be an owner? Or would you like to to come here and and play? Um, You know, and this was before he retired. This is during the season. He was reaching out to his agent and to Tom Brady. He was also reaching out to Sean Payton and said, I hear that you're thinking about retiring with the Saints. Hey, why don't you come on and coach here with um, the Miami Dolphins, even though at that time he already had a coach in Brian Flores who he was trying to get to tank games. Well, if you tank games, you're not winning, then you have a chance at the end of the season to say, well, we're going to go in a different direction. So we're going to let go Brian Flores, and here we are. So the NFL took all this in consideration and said, well, it is obvious that he tried to tank games. It is obvious that he offered Flores $100,000. And um, in doing so, it's obvious that he also tampered with the Patriots and tampered with the New Orleans Saints and tampered with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to fine you a million and a half dollars. We're going to take away your draft picks in 2023. You cannot have a number one draft pick in 2023 in a third round in 2024. In addition to that, your minority owner, we're going to um, find him half a million dollars, and neither one of you all can can participate in NFL committees and meetings for all of 2022, 2023, and part of 2024. So that's where we are. But it is, you're, you're correct, it involved all those teams. The Patriot, because Belichick was in the middle of some of this. It involved um, Sean Payton and the Saints because they were in the middle of some of this. But the common denominator is the owner of the Miami Dolphins, who seems to be not very um, considerate of the rules of the game or the rules of trying to tank your team so that you can then be sitting in one position. So this starts with Stephen Ross, and then it compiles all the way around the NFL. And he has now, the decision has been rendered. He said he was joking when he said Brian Flores tank games or, you know, hey, go go fishing. He said he was just joking. Um, that The NFL found, found that not to be true. No, I think what it was is that he got caught instead of um, getting getting Brian to, to do something unseemly, and yeah. then Brian gets caught. Because as soon as, as Brian would have done something, he probably would have snitched. Oh, um, yeah. Um, to, oh, yeah. You know. So now yeah, Brian, so. Brian Flores is not a head coach in the NFL, but he is a defensive coordinator for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because even in the midst mm-hmm. of all of this, Mike Tomlin said, hey, come on here, over here. Um, and right. coach for me, and I would consider it an honor to do so. And that case is still to be decided um, um, without one, as well as um, John Gruden's case with the, the Raiders and, and all this going on. So the NFL does not look pretty to now, if you ask me. <sighs> it's like never stops. It's like, it's like having uh, – um, <laughs> and I, I can identify with this. It's like having old plumbing. And you fix one part, and the other there's another leak somewhere. You know, it's just mm-hmm. you, you can't get it get it all fixed. And sometimes you just have to uh, clean out the whole system and start over. You know, with yeah. something new. So. Yeah. And remember now, Roger Goodell, who is the commissioner for the NFL, he makes forty four million dollars a year, and in that forty four million dollars a year, his 
um, his number one responsibility is to answer to the owners. He does not answer to the players. That's not his um, his responsibility. It is to carry on the business of the 32 NFL owners. And sometimes he has to render a decision against them, but he tries hard not to, Gretchen, because it is them who he works for. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, – <laughs> Like we said, the more things change, the more they stay, stay the same. Uh, a little bit about uh, Terrell Owens when we come back. So if you want to have a, a conversation about a different topic, please feel free to join us. The number is 516-387-1944. You know, we'll talk about anything, me and Princess. This is Dee's Power <laughs> Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, we're talking about uh, sports, but we're talking about uh, not sports itself that much, as much as it is, it is um, people in sports in certain um, issues. Uh, and we want to talk a little bit about what happened with Terrell Owens in South Florida. Oh, I'm so sorry, Florida, but <laughs> you can't keep doing this stuff. <laughs> anyway, so it was on the news earlier this week, and I was like, I, I, I couldn't believe I heard what I heard. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Terrell Owens got accused of speeding in the neighborhood, and um, I guess he got out of his car in this neighborhood, God forbid. And, um, yeah. you know, and uh, he fortunately, uh, some of this was recorded, good for him. Um, but it had mm-hmm. to do with um, there. There were some uh, race overtones involved, especially with this uh, poor woman that was saying that you know, talking about uh, how they're a, a black man uh, <laughs> address a white woman in this way. I, princess, take it. <laughs> Just like wow, oh. yeah, Carol Owens, um, a former wide receiver in the NFL, a Hall of Famer wide receiver at this point. He's been known to have some, um, you know, poor emotional decisions, but that's beside the point. He has seen, he is a um, professional more than anything, and let me make sure and paint that. And he was driving through um, a neighborhood in Florida, and um, a young lady on her bike uh, called the cops and said that he almost hit her and that she he was speeding through um her neighborhood and um 
Terrell Owens actually did most of the filming. He had he actually took out his phone um, and and did this himself. Um, and the woman said, "But you were you almost hit me." And he said, "Quit lying." No, I didn't. He said, now, I didn't almost hit you. And he said, and your husband already said, hey, go ahead in the house, and you're not. You're out here with this. And he said, I really don't understand. And she said, well, you got out aggressively. He said, no, I did. I just, she said, well, why did you get out of your car? He said, because you were yelling and because you were not telling the truth. So I got out. She said, well, you shouldn't have gotten out because you are a black man and I am a white woman. He says, what does that have to do with anything? He said, you were not telling the truth. Well, you were speeding then. And he said, no, I wasn't. He said, you're lying again, and that's not nice. And then the lady, the neighbor came out of her her garage and said, I sat here in my garage. I watched the whole thing. He was not speeding, and he did not hit you. He didn't come even close to you. But once she saw that it was a black man, um, she really went berserk and asked, you know, why are you in this neighborhood? Why are you speeding? And you almost hit me. And um, he came, the police did come and ask him for his ID, and they discovered that it was Terrell Owens and that he was Terrell Owens, and they listened to um, her. But the lady was frantic, and she ended, ended up crying, really crying, trying to get attention of the police officers to make sure that she was the damsel in distress. But the the, the police officers were not having it. And Terrell Owens um you know, videos himself and said, this is 2022. He says, I've heard of this happening. But he said, you really couldn't have told me that this would happen to me at this point in my life in 2022. He says, it's amazing. And he did end up calling a Karen a couple of times. Um, but if you get to watch the entire video, she is frantic. And she does not understand why a black man would have gotten out of his car for a white woman. She felt that she had that privilege. And that he was wrong in just doing that, amongst everything else. First of all, I have to say I hate that. <laughs> I hate that Karen has been the the term that's been used. I have Karen. a close cousin named Karen. I just I just I know I feel so bad for her now because <laughs> uh, I just hate that term now. But it, you know it is what it is. Uh, I don't know where it came from, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, it, it came from a woman is. not too long ago, you know, uh-huh. like maybe two or three years ago that her name was Karen. And she was the frantic mm-hmm. one, if I'm not mistaken, with the black man in her condo, um, in their condominium. And she wondered why he was there. And he actually owned a condo in the same building. And from then, everybody, every white woman that's frantic who un- <laughs> doesn't understand why a black man is there is called Karen. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I, well, I, I've heard other names too, but anyway. So yeah, the thing that that's interesting is that to me this is this really should be a wake up call, um, because if you recall, not too long ago, I want to say within the past few months, we had a situation where a teenager who was in his car visiting with a friend in a predominantly white neighborhood, uh, got accused of, of, you know, driving too fast or whatever. And I don't know if you, there were two um, uh, Caucasian males that were charged because they threw uh, either a rock or something at his car and broke his window. So 
but yeah, I mean, some of the same stuff was being said on on, uh, on video because he he had the presence of mind to to um, take out his camera too, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's yeah. like, you know, and I, <laughs> I go back to to uh, just things that my mom used to say, you know, or, or relatives used to say about where do you think the origins of civilization came from, and uh, and because. <laughs> Europe wasn't the cradle of civilization at all. Hmm. Um, And and so where do you think people of all of these different hues um, and and cultures come from? Uh, Hmm. Do you think that you, you know, you alone, (laughs) like they say, no man is an island. Hmm. Do you think that you, you alone have, have privilege, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the same thing holds true, and, and I give my, my mom um, and all of her sisters and brothers, and of course, you know, them gathering around and talking about uh, about racism and the interaction with with um, with white people. If maybe I should say Caucasians, and some of them were positive, and I know plenty of my mom's friends who were just awesome and powerful in her life. But they said growing up, and my mother spoke that quite often is that they had to walk to school and they had to Mm -hmm. walk to where we lived um to where the school was you know that i took the bus from that is a two and a half three mile trek one way um and they said they they were not of um you know a middle class family and to have shoes was um gosh was you know some, it was a necessity, but sometimes they didn't. And the girls got shoes before the boys. My mother is one of six children, um, or was one of, of six children. And But they talked about the white buses coming by and the kids spitting on them. Um, they talked about being made fun of. They talked about, you know, being segregated. There was black schools and white schools until, you know, I came along. I remember integration, and I was in first or second or third grade, somewhere in there, and I remember my mother checking on me every after, well, what happened? What are you doing? You know, how did it go? How was your teacher? Um, I remember integration through her. Um, And here we are in 2022, and we're still living these incidents. Now, I think they're not as prevalent or as aggressive or as blatant, but I think that a lot of people have been emboldened and supported through Donald Trump. And I'm I'm glad that we got out of his presidency, but we're still in that era, and people are emboldened to say exactly what they think. And this the, the theme is still with some that we are inferior and not – and, and and less of a person, um, and that's sad. And that's really what that lady was more than anything. That was what she's trying to convey. You're a black man, and I'm a white woman. And white women, there are a lot of white women who are taught that they are the upper epsilon of the human race, and some of them carry that torch. We're going to take a quick break, Princess, because you're a little bit, I don't know if it's your end or my end, you sounded a little bit distorted toward the end, but we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about him who shall not be named other than Voldemort. Uh, This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, 
planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event, need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast, let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-938. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faith, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, before we go any further, please remember, you can early vote now. You can. Uh, just make sure you get your sample ballot or your absentee ballot and sit down and go over it and know exactly who you're voting for. And uh, you can take it into the voting booth with you, and um, you just have to, sur- you know, sur- if it's an absentee ballot, you have to surrender it if you're going to vote at the location. But you can use it as a guide. So that or the sample ballot. So just wanted to remind people of that. Um, is it early voting for November 2022? Or is it no, early no, voting for, for uh, primaries in August or September? Primary. Thank primary. you. Okay. Let me clarify that. Okay. Primaries for August 23rd. Primary. Okay. So it's, it's early voting until I believe, did, did, say, did he say that Friday before he said which one? But anyway, it's early voting. You have uh, okay. until I think a couple of days before August 23rd. So, and yes, it, even though it's a closed primary, if you're a Republican, you're voting Republican, Democrat voting Democrat. But there are some nonpartisan um, issues and races on there on the ballot. So please, please, please be astute. Take a look. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, my mom used to always say racism was was learned. It was taught. It wasn't something that people came out of oh, the yeah. room with. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, we, uh, and a perfect example of that, um, before we get to what's his name, um, is the uh, situation where the, um, and I, I, gosh, I am not good with names, but the father and son that were convicted this week um, in federal uh, court for the Ahmed, Ahmad Aubrey case. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, life in prison for them, um, and then for the person that uh, was doing the video, uh, 35 years. But something that you, you and I talked about this off air, and something that you you were saying about the father um, apologizing, and I think you know whatever he apologized for. I think his real apology is that you know he didn't, he wasn't and maybe I shouldn't say this, he wasn't a good father. Because if he had been a good father, then his son would not end up spending his life behind bars. You know, so I think that if he was apologizing for anything, I think deep deep in his heart, he was apologizing for the mess that he created for his son. I I think that's the only thing he was really sorry for. My opinion, but that's, that's what I think. So. Yeah, I, I think racism is a learned behavior. Um, 
I, I don't think that children come out of the womb with that um, at all. And um, the McMichaels, uh, the Travis McMichael and his father, um, you know, they and, and McMichael, the father, taught his son that. Uh, and 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 children learn through your actions how you treat people and how you treat one versus the other, and in your conversation and if. You in a Caucasian home and you're loose with the N-word and you're loose with calling um, African-Americans monkeys or, 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 or animals, then they're, they're going to take that behavior and that's how they're going to look at people too. And I think you're right. He apologized, but I think he failed his son with some of his actions um, in the middle of the country woods of Georgia. And that's what you do. And I tell people all the time, once you leave Atlanta – Civilization gets um, is a loose term, um, if you ask me. And there are some pockets of Savannah and Columbus, but once you leave Atlanta, um, it, it really changes. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a different animal, and then I think it's still it's it's you know still parts that you know still has some issues, but yeah, pretty much. Um, but we can't put we can't put it all on Georgia, unfortunately, because you know there's like I said there's oh stuff no we can we too. can go right here in our home state or my home state, which is yours too, uh, for the mm-hmm. most part you've been there most of your life. Um, mm-hmm. You know the, the beaches are very pretty and there's very, a lot of elegant places and beautiful and relaxing places to go in in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. But we can't leave mm-hmm. them out. No, we can't. There's, I, I know you, what you were talking about in terms of the schools and stuff. I didn't have exactly the same experience, but <laughs> I, had, I had some similar experience. Um, like you, were, I, I basically integrated <laughs> one school for, for most of the years that I was there. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. Catholic school. And mm-hmm. um, probably the most racism, unfortunately, I hate to say that, the most racism I ever encountered was in the Catholic schools. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's some wonderful teaching in the Catholic schools, but they have a murky history as as well. Um, and I know there there are efforts to you know toward redemption, and that's kind of what we're we're taught in in general as Christians is that you know we you know there you know we must make efforts no matter who we are toward redemption. Um, but you know. And forgiving, that's what we have to work on, too. Forgetting, though, is hard, and sometimes that never happens, unfortunately. Listen, Gretchen, my high school and middle school were one. So once you got to seventh grade, it was seventh through twelfth. And in my seventh grade year, I, I witnessed probably the most terrible riot of my lifetime at my high school or my middle mm-hmm. school, whoever. And I remember the young men um, who my mother had taught at that time who said, Princess, hide over here in this locker room, um, and we got you. And the riot got so close. But I remember that black against white, and that was seventh grade. That was seventh Mm -hmm. grade. And it was those fights. And, um, again, in my my house, she couldn't say black or white. My mother didn't mm-hmm. allow that. Describe them in a different way. Mm-hmm. There's other right. things you can do, you know. Mm-hmm. But we we don't have to see color first. 
Um, right. And, you know, and, and I think if we take that tone on, um, you know, it's amazing. And, you know, I we as black people, we incur that sometimes even when we don't even realize it. When we're rushing through our day trying to complete the goals that we have and run through our errands and, okay, I checked that off or whatever, mm-hmm. you look up sometimes and, you know, I was looking up and, and the guy didn't hold the door for me. And and it didn't dawn on me until I, I got through the door and he was reforming. We were heading to a federal building because I think I was going – uh, you have to pay taxes on your vehicles in in the state of South Carolina. So I was headed in there, and he says, I ain't open no door for no N-word, especially no N-lady. Mm. And mm. That, that was just that was just earlier this year. That was in February. Mm. <laughs> and it didn't even dawn on me until mm. he said something. He wanted me to know why the door yeah. was closed before me. And I was looking down at my phone trying to handle something. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he wanted – yeah. Because he could have let that go, but he, yeah, he wanted it known. So he, exactly. he didn't let you, he didn't let you have a peaceful day. <laughs> you know, he had to get it off his but chest. But we can't continue to say we love God and we hate mm-hmm. people. We can't continue right. to say that we're Christians and we're not mm-hmm. trying to live a Christian life. I have to say one thing though, um, and I'm probably gonna make some people mad, but. Um, we are, as black people, as African-Americans, are not excused totally because, oh, um, no. and I'm going back to my days in school, because when I transitioned, I transitioned from Catholic school to public school. And because of my previous experience and, and who I was and all that kind of stuff, um, I got it from both sides. You know, I got it from yeah. our people as well as those people so uh I, I you know and but the thing about it is you can't get caught up you know you basically have to i mean <laughs> if jesus had gotten caught up with some of the stuff that was done to him uh <laughs> our salvation would not be secured i mean seriously uh-huh. he, he had he had to lead that example and we have to try to follow that you know we can't get caught uh-huh. up because God has work for us to do here, and, and we just cannot get caught up in the pettiness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I got it from both sides. You were correct. Um, we we are not excused of that. You know how many times that someone said, well, she thinks she's white. She talks white. Well, what is mm-hmm. that? You know, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I'm I'm in class with someone, and you think you're better than us because you're in that class. And um, mm-hmm. it's it all – of that, all of that, mm-hmm. and and we're we're not even smart enough to know that that's so silly, that's so right. trivial, that's so immature, you know. Right. Um, and We've got to teach I our kids there's... not to succumb to peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. That is, we we've got to, um, and it's hard because you want to fit in, you want to, you know, you want to be a part of something, you know, you want to be normal, mm-hmm. and that's I. Right. I actually am upset with myself to this day because I allowed other people to kind of make me feel bad about who I was, you know, Mm -hmm. and what, and, and what my accomplishments had been and what I was trying to accomplish, accomplish. And, and I, you know, I went through that teenage rebellion and I was trying to fit in and I wish I Mm -hmm. just stuck with being me. 
to this day. And, you know, I I ran for student government president at my high school and and won. But um, most white people said they voted for me because I was light-skinned. And most black people said they voted for me because I was black. Um, Or that they weren't going to, you know, vote for whatever. Um, I think the value, too, or the value we put on skin tone, the value we Mm -hmm. put on looks, the value we put on so much stupid stuff is amazing. Um, And I agree. You know, sometimes we get out of ourselves trying to fit in. And I remember Mm -hmm. asking my mother, you know, Mom, am I cool? She says, listen, baby, if you have to ask me if you're cool, you're probably not, but who cares? Cool will not get you straight A's. Cool will not yeah. get you into college. Cool will mm-hmm. not sustain you in this lifetime. And God never tapped anybody to say cool is the best. You know, mm-hmm. but I remember that. And that was that trying to fit in um, yep. and, and instead of being me. Instead of being me. So... I did my best. I played sports, yes, played in the band, student government yes. president. We can go on and on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, in band, too. Love band. Uh, French club, you know, other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to continue because we got to talk about, yeah, everybody's talking <laughs> about it, but we got to talk about it. <laughs> we got to talk about it. There's a raid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that raid. Mm. Yes, and there's people on both sides of the issue, and and uh, uh, wow, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to see what what fights are going to break out because I I just keep hearing these these words being exchanged about whether you know whether or not it should have happened, why it, why it did happen, uh, and all kinds who had the authority and whether or not our president knew and and all that kind of stuff. So. The Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, mm. um, yeah, I heard something interesting when I was um, on my way back, uh, listening on on the radio in the car, uh, where somebody was saying was asking the questions about um, what if they went for one thing and saw something else could you know could they confiscate that and. Um, the answer was basically no, that um, you can't use, I guess, a warrant for one thing to go go in after something else. But if you happen to see it, you have to get a warrant for no. For that. No, the federal federal attorneys were on CNN yesterday last night, and they said if you go in there for one thing, but you see something else that pertains to another crime, you can confiscate that too. You really? can confiscate. Okay. Yes, See, I you heard can. differently this yeah. morning. Uh, I heard right. that you you had to have a warrant to come back in, and and you, you could confiscate it, but you had to have a warrant for it. Um, but mm. that if yeah. you yeah, maybe that's the difference. But I I heard all last night that if you went in there with the warrant to confiscate documents, but you saw other things pertain, pertaining to another crime, you were able to gather that evidence too, in that particular warrant that they they had. So I'm gonna to have to we're we're gonna to have to investigate that and come back again um, mm-hmm, because that's definitely, definitely. two schools of thoughts for sure. Yeah, for sure. 
but um, I, I was I was just it, it was to me it was just quite strategic the fact that um, he, he nobody was there you know from from his family not not the former president no, nobody that um, someone from I guess the country club or whatever at Mar-a-Lago called uh, the son I guess Eric and um, then he called his father. That's how they found out about it. Yeah, his um, his son Eric um, um, is the one that told him. But yeah, um, the Secret Service were at his Mar-a-Lago. It's a it's a small staff compared to when he was president. And the FBI right. alerted the Secret Service about an hour before coming in that they were coming. Um, yeah. that's and they were there, the and they brought too. someone to break into the safe. Yeah. See, that's under dispute, too. I I heard that yeah, FBI said they notified them 45 minutes ahead of time. Secret Service is saying, no, that didn't happen. So, Wow. Uh, your your Florida news is definitely a, a lot different. What, what Where did you hear that at? <laughs> local news or? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, local news. Um, but, you know, I mean, you get a lot of he say, she say. You know, it, stuff has to sort itself out. It still has to sort itself out. It's too soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too soon. Wow. But um, but but I yes, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that most of the people um, that are around me um, are saying, drag him on to jail. This is just the beginning. We want to see more. Um, but most of the people that are Republicans on my timeline are really offended um, by this and are vowing revenge. They're more offended by this than they are January 6th, which is really um, – mm. it's not surprising. I, I don't even know why I'm surprised at all. Um, it's, no, it's not surprising. It's just sad that uh, you're upset because – FBI went into your former president's house and get and grabbed some papers and stuff, but you're not upset that people got hurt uh, and, and lost their lives, not get hurt. And yeah, I was gonna say and died as a result uh, because um, people couldn't uh, express themselves without losing their minds, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and the interesting thing about it is that you have a lot of people that. Um, like maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but a interesting amount of people that are saying, "I don't know why I did that. I wish I hadn't have done that." You know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. You're hearing quite a few of those things. You know, I thought this, I thought that, and I think what it what it is is that is when <laughs> I think they thought when they were going to stand by the president that they were going to actually stand by the president. You know, and the president was going to be there, and the president was going to take the fall just as hard as they were going to take the fall. It's like, are you nuts? You, you hmm. can't go off doing doing crazy things because you think someone else has, has got your back. I mean, it's nice if someone does have your back, you know, right or wrong, but at the same time, you have to make decisions of your own. You're supposed to be adults. You need to make decisions, you know, that show that you have some sort of sense or common decency or something uh, and not, you know, just give, give over to uh, hate and conspiracy theories. Yeah. 
Yeah. But what's glaring and obvious to me is that there was no line that was not worth crossing to Donald Trump, President Donald Trump. Every line was okay to cross. Um, you know, uh, initiating an insurrection, trying to get the Justice Department and the Attorney General to replace him with the Deputy Attorney General to do his bidding, to call mm-hmm. different state attorneys' offices and get um, votes thrown out or votes added, um, and to actually have um, an alternate group of electors, fake electors, to bring themselves. There was no stone worth not leaving laying down. He turned them all over. He crossed every line. And he is a crook. Now, if, and if you and don't see that. It's interesting, you know, the, the same things are being said now about the FBI. They crossed the line, you know. They, 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 <laughs> what they're doing is illegal uh, and all this kind of stuff. And it, it's like, you know, hey, what's good for the good? What's good for the good? <laughs> It's good. Yeah. It's good. You know, whatever's good for him. I mean, you can't just make it one sided. The same rules have 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 to apply to everyone across the board. So no matter who you are. So if he felt that lines should be crossed in order to get um his agenda accomplished, then someone else too is gonna do the same thing. And you may or may not like it. You know, but and and the thing about it is, crossing well, crossing lines for the right reasons is okay, and we just have mm-hmm. to we have to look at. I mean, because if there were not lines crossed during the civil rights movement, the, you know, a lot of stuff would not have gotten accomplished. So you have to kind of weigh what line you're crossing and why you're crossing it. You know, and what, and are you willing to suffer the consequences for crossing that line? You know, so you know, Donald Trump, while in office, Donald Trump, while in office, pressed the IRS to investigate and audit James Comey and McCabe. He pressed Mm -hmm. them, and they faced intense audits by the IRS. Donald Trump would not let go, and they went and audited. Um, James Comey, the former um, FBI um, Mm -hmm. director, they investigated him for four years of taxes and audited all four years. And they came back and told Donald Trump his taxes were so in order in how he filed, we actually owe him money. Comey actually got a check from the FBI after they 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 full court pressed four years of his taxes, and they did that at the urgence of Donald Trump. Now you're not supposed to. That office is supposed to be separate. And the same thing right. with McCabe. McCabe was fine. They didn't know him, but they actually had to go and cut James Comey a check because he paid too much, and they owed him money. Donald Trump is a crook. And he used every facet of that office um, to um, to exude his his ability to cross the line. And the FBI said in this particular raid that they had been working with Donald Trump and his lawyers for over eight months. They had already seized 
several boxes of documents that were um, filled with, with, with things that should not be, be known. And they were asking him for more. They were found in a basement. Um, they told the Secret Service or whomever to go ahead and secure that and lock that up and to keep it there. But they could not get Donald Trump to turn that stuff over. Mm-hmm. They could not get him. They've been asking him and going back and forth between he and his lawyers for over eight months. And they said, as a matter of fact, Donald Trump came into one of the meetings. And spoke to him, mm-hmm. but he would wow. not turn over all of the all, all of the sensitive security documents that he owned. Um, and a lot of Trump um, supporters have said if the nuclear codes were not found, then they were wrong. Well, what if the nuclear codes were found at Donald Trump's office? Is that is that good enough? I don't think any. There's a certain level of Trump supporter that really is brainwashed and and doesn't mind being mm-hmm. led. Um, no. And if that's who you are, then I'm glad that you at least let me know who you are. But I don't know any man on earth that deserves my undying support like that. Only God no. should get that. Yeah. Yes. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people. Don't give that type of support to God, and they need to. There you go. There you go. And if they did, they wouldn't be out there in the middle of the night last night with their Trump flags and all of that. Donald Trump Mm -hmm. does not care about you. And if all he wants now is to put out this statement that they raided my home, they even broke into my safe. Um, If you don't believe in this, please give us a donation of $20 or more. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And he's raking in money. He's raking in money. And as long as he does not declare his candidacy for president, the 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 RNC will pay all of his legal bills because he was already president at one point. They will pay all mm-hmm. of his legal bills. bills. But mm-hmm. once he decides he's going to run, then they won't do that anymore. But he's getting ready to run. Yeah. Yeah, and some, and there, there's a bunch of people who like just want him to kind of hold off until uh, this year's general election before he mm-hmm. announces, you know, because they're they're scared scared of the impact, you know. Exactly. And it's kind of been a mixed exactly. bag because you have some people, uh, some candidates in in some states that have uh, done quite well with his his backing, his support, and, and, others, and some have not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to say. My my thing is is this. I really, whether it's Donald Trump's involved or not, I really want people to kind of take, uh, you know, a moment and not just go marking a ballot. It's, 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 it's you know, it stresses me a little bit uh, just because I, I, you know, like I said, I guess if I wasn't working uh, the elections as regularly as I do, it, maybe it wouldn't bother me. But it stresses me to see people just give away their power uh mm-hmm. that not that don't realize their power um that have just uh given up because certain elections don't go their way okay uh you still have to use whatever tools that you have to make your voice heard whether it's um you know the ballot may whether it's maybe a, a petition or or or, or a protest, whatever it is, you have to use your. You can't just give away your power. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, then you end but up if the cra- state of Georgia power. wants to give away their power, their power and not vote again, then I'd like to see Senator Ossoff and Senator Warnock get reelected. And I'd like to see Stacey, um, gosh, what's her last name? Abrams. Um, Stacey Abrams, my, my Spelman sister, I'd like to see her voted governor. And that's going to be a tough race um, in the yeah. state of Georgia. But if you want to stay away because you still believe Donald Trump won the state of Georgia, do that. Do that for yeah. sure. So, and we got to move out of time. Easy. Yes, we're out of time. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll talk again because I still got to have you on um, for other reasons. Uh, but we'll talk again. Thank Anytime. you so much. Thank you all for okay. listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed. Talk tomorrow, God willing. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 